Hello everyone, this is Sam of Historian Splaining. A historian tells you why everything you know is wrong. So I recently posted a very important myth of the month, number 22, on culture, which is a really critical concept that has become all-pervasive in historical and social science scholarship and also has leaked out into everyday talk where it is used to mean anything and everything. Whatever you or I do is somehow culture. I'm doing culture right now. I wanted to figure out how this happened, why we use this word, and what it supposedly means. So I posted that on Patreon, which will be for patrons only for one year. So if you want to hear it, please sign up as a patron at any level. The link will be in the description. I have seen really wonderful growth, which has been really encouraging over the past year, but it has basically flatlined over about the past two months, in large part because of declines, which are a constant problem with Patreon, that people's payments get declined, and then it's very difficult to figure out why or to fix it. So if by any chance you can help, please sign up. It's tremendously appreciated. You'll get all of these patron-only materials. I also still have Myth of the Month number 20 on conspiracy theories for patrons only, and those who have listened to it have really enjoyed it. Probably the most exhaustive examination of conspiracy theories that you can find anywhere. And also, if you are a patron, please double check and make sure that your payments haven't been declined and that you do have access to all those patron-only posts, including yesterday's Myth of the Month number 22 on culture. And you'll be able to hear that, as well as my upcoming public lectures that I hope to produce soon, including a crossover discussion of Solomon's Temple and Myth in History and the next installment in my new series that I just began on the origins of the First World War, which should be on Serbia. So I'm going to give you now just a teaser clip of a small portion of my two-hour-long discussion of culture, what it means, where it came from, why it's everywhere all around us. And if you want to hear the rest, again, please sign up as a patron. Thank you. None of them are really that coherent or consistent and basically argued that Claude Lévi-Strauss was sort of imposing a greater degree of order onto things that were really open-ended and ambiguous, and often taking his own sort of assumptions about how, say, kinship works or how language works from his French experience and projecting it onto these other peoples. But in terms of the discipline of anthropology itself, this sort of led to a, a crisis in the 1950s and 60s, which then was responded to most effectively or most popularly by another American, Clifford Geertz, who famously wrote a series of essays and collected into a book called The Interpretation of Cultures. So you can see he's kind of following to some degree on Claude Lévi-Strauss, saying a culture is like a symbolic system that has to be deciphered like a foreign language. But he argued for what he called thick description, and he presented this this practice of thick description as a sort of compromise or middle ground, where he argued, on the one hand, you can just give sort of bare uh, physical accounts and descriptions of what people do, which by implication, that's what some of those early Boazian scholars did. They were just very sort of repertorial. 
On the other extreme, you can give these sort of abstract explanations of like the ideology, the mythology of a culture, right? And see it as all this abstract kind of symbolic system that exists within the minds of the people. Or you can do what Clifford Geertz proposes, this thick description, which is sort of in between. It's where you describe what people do, but you explain how those actions have symbolic meaning in the context of the values and beliefs of that society. So this idea is really popular, including in the academic world, at least in my understanding. This is still accepted as sort of a valid model of how to do anthropology or anthropological style scholarship and a valid way of using the concept of culture. Okay, so you may guess I am not convinced by this, but I'm not going to try to carry out a refutation. But I will point out a few things that are also significant about Clifford Geertz's work and his way of sort of presenting what he claims is a sort of novel, middle ground way of doing anthropology. So his field work, because this, you know, ever since Franz Boas, this has been the standard, is you're a real anthropologist if you go out into the wilds somewhere and observe those foreign people and embed yourself and get to know their world. He did his field work in Indonesia, specifically the island of Bali. And he does what basically all these anthropologists do over and over again, generation after generation, which is that they present a scheme or model of how to explain a culture. And as their paradigmatic example, they use an island, which is amazingly convenient, again, because it has this natural boundary, which you can then make reference to and say the stuff that happens on this island is part of this culture in quotation marks. And stuff that comes in from someplace else is not. It's foreign. He uses this sort of famous essay that put Clifford Geertz on the map is specifically an analysis, if you want to call it that, of cockfighting in Bali. And it's called Deep Play Notes on the Balinese Cockfight. And in this essay, Clifford Geertz basically describes how cockfights are carried out and who bets on them and why. And he basically argues that cockfights serve, again, there's this sort of subtle functionalism. They serve a function in Bali because there are all kinds of rivalries and status contests going on. But according to the norms and etiquette of that society, you, you're not supposed to fight over those things openly. And so they can be channeled or sublimated into cockfights and people pay a lot of attention. The cockfights that get the most attention, the most viewers, and where people bet the most money are ones where the owners of the two cocks are about equal in status. And so there seems to be a sort of status contest at stake there. So this is a very interesting observation that Clifford Geertz makes here. And Geertz does not claim that he got this point just out of his own brilliant insight. He says explicitly that he learned to understand the cockfights in this way by talking with Balinese people who basically understand and can tell you that that's the dynamic of how things work on the island. And so in this way, he, he shows that he's sort of gotten in, right? He's, he's, he's gotten this insight by making his way into the inner circle of Balinese society. And what is more, he explains, he tells this interesting story about how that happened, about how he was able to gain the trust and the confidence of Balinese people. 
So he and his wife had been regarded as sort of foreigners and held at arm's length. And they would go to cockfights and see the, the, the brouhaha that would break out around these spectacles and not really understand what was going on. And people would be unwilling to, to talk to him until one day they were observing a cockfight and the police showed up. And the police, he specifically explains, were not Balinese. They were from Java, that other island. They didn't care about or understand cockfighting. They just saw it as an illegal activity. And so they would come in and round up and, you know, do raids and arrest people at these cockfights. So they were at one when these Javanese police show up and everyone scattered. And so Clifford Geertz and his wife ran with some of these local Balinese people back to their house and sat down in the courtyard and pretended to just be drinking tea because, you know, they figured, well, I guess maybe we're going to be in trouble too. We might be arrested. Once they did this, Geertz argues, this demonstrated to local people that they were sort of one of them, that they were on the same side. And so hence then people opened up and they started to understand this culture. And he basically makes the argument that the, the cockfight is sort of the central ritual that symbolically mediates the whole...